Dafzadi Zayin. We left off yesterday that Rav Paskind, whatever gears you want to have in our Mishnah, which sheet our mayor says, which sheet their Abonin says, he had two prices against the Mishnah, so he changed the Mishnah, but whatever it is, he's Paskinding like our Mishnah says, where mayor says, which is an Evid is in like Karka, and therefore by an Evid you say, this Karka is in an Exelas, and therefore I can't affect it, I can't really steal it, there's no king in Geneva, Gzela, on Karka whatsoever, you just give it back, and Evid would have the same Aloha. Says the Gemara on top of Tzadizayin, does Rav really paskin like that? That Evid is like Karka? We said another Rav. So if you take your friend's Evid, so you stole it, and you took it, obviously. Okay, and now you work with it. So you work with it. Obviously, if you took it, you have to give it back. It's no problem. Do you have to pay for the work that, that the Evid did for you? So Rav said, Pot it. Rav said, You do not have to pay for any of the work. Now, wait a second. If you let's look at the other side. If you say Evid is like metaltolin, so then when you steal it, we already explained yesterday. We'll see it in more details today. We said the Nakuda is whenever you steal something, the Torah says all you have to do is veishev You have to give it back. You have to give it back. That's all the chiyuvim you have. Or there's no. Or we said that you have a kinyan on it. Once you have a kinyan on it, then you're allowed to use it or work with it. Of course, you have it. Then you have to give it back. But there's no other payments you have to do for the usage. Okay, but that's if you hold an Evid is like Metalto. So you steal someone's car, and then all you do, and you drive it around, all you have to do is give it back. Okay, you have to give it back. You don't have to pay for any of the usage. Sorry? Okay. We'll see. We'll talk about Pachas. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. But by, if an Evid is like Karka, like Rav said, he's talking to Avikik Markoi Dami, am I Potter? Since you paskening, then an Evid cannot be stolen. So if you cannot be stolen, who owns this Evid now? The original owner, right? There's no Kenyan on the Evid whatsoever. No Kenyan Gzela on the Evid. In which case, you're using somebody else's thing without any Kenyan Gzela. You have to pay for the usage. And Rav said, you don't have to pay for the usage. So it seems to be steering the very Rav. No, really, it's kakarka. And therefore, there's no din. You don't steal it. It's not considered stolen. And I normally you would say that if you use it, you have to pay for the usage. But over here, we're talking about where he wasn't using the Evid anyways. It was the Evid's day off or whatever it was. And he wasn't using the Evid anyways, the owner. If he wasn't using it for the Evid anyways, then it's a halakha that we talked about before of Dav Chafalaf, of Zenehen, of Chaser. If I get enough from something of yours and you do not lose anything whatsoever <laughs> in situations, again, we'll go through some of them here, then we say Zenehen, of Chaser, you do not have to pay it. Is it mutter or usr? So far, it's not 100% clear for the sugi yet. If it's totally mutter to do, or if you still should not do this, of course. But, Lamaisa, we say, according to Rav, you don't have to pay back anything because this person did not lose any money because the other was not supposed to be working today or for these few hours anyways. Kiha, like we have some Mahalacha, the Shalom Kharabi Abam Lemari Bar Mar, he asked him the following question. Please ask him the following Shalom. If I go in and squat, in someone's house. So I live in his apartment when he's not there and he doesn't know about it. So, do I have to pay him rent? Right? We didn't have any deal. I just went in. He turns out I was living there for six months. And he found out. Do I have to pay him? You do not have to pay the rent. The Gemara said before, if we're talking about a chotzer, the loy kaimel agra, he wasn't renting it out now anyways. If he was renting, he's supposed to be renting it out and you prevented him from renting it out, that would be different because then you're causing him a loss. But if it was something he wasn't renting out for the interim anyways, now you just go and live in there. Again, it's zen hen of a zen loy chotzer and therefore you don't have to pay it. He says, well, wait a second. There's another issue over here. There's the issue of that when I use your object, like you said, I'm causing you some loss. 
Right? I'm using, I'm living in the house, I'm causing loss. I work with your Evid, I'm causing your loss. He's, he's a little bit weaker, he has no kayak, etc. So forget the fact of whether you could have used him at that time that I used him. Why isn't it considered loss for the fact that he's a little bit weaker, or the house when I live in it, I, I get the walls dirty, etc., like we had on the Gemara earlier. So says, by the case, the Gemara asked this kasha before, by the case of the house, and over there the Gemara said, that even though when I live in your house, I'm causing some little damage in the house, but you benefit from me living in the house, and that's an offset. We said as far over there, someone wants someone living in their house, because when I live in your house, if the faucet breaks, I'll fix it. If, you know, if the bed falls down, I'll, I'll put it back up. So there's actually a benefit to the Balabais when someone's living in the house. And therefore he prefer it's okay for him to live there. There's a Pasuk in Yeshaya, which says that if you have an empty house, Mazikim come in there, and if I don't really want to have an empty house, and you come in there, even though you're making the walls dirty, etc., I benefit, the Balabai's benefits by the fact that there's someone living in the house because he fixes things where he keeps the mazikim away. But that, neither one of those svaras apply by an evet l'chayra. And therefore, even if it's then for the actual time of the work, by making the, the evet schlep stuff, you're weakening the evet somewhat. And once you're weakening the evet somewhat, you can't call it And either, there's too much farch over here, either therefore I should pay you at least that little bit of pachas that I cause, or, once it's chaser, then I have to pay you the full amount of the usage of the evidence. You could debate exactly what you have to pay, but the Lord is asking that kasha. I'm going to know. You don't want your evidence to be lazy. And if you don't want the levit to be lazy, so then no such thing as a day off. A day off for an evidence is not good for Baal bias. Then he gets used to having days off. So right now I have no work for him to do. He's going to get lazy. You take him and do work with him. So assuming avdi is kumakakodami, it's not considered stealing. Even if you hold that, but the and the fact that I'm weakening the evidence offsets with the fact that the evidence won't learn to be lazy. We have a similar halacha like this, and that as follows. So someone owed him money. He had lent somebody money, and seemingly the guy wasn't paying him back on time. So he went and took the loyva's evidence, and he worked with the loyva's evidence not as payment for the loan. Just like as a mashkin kind of thing. He took it, you're staying by me, and you work by me until your other pays back to whatever he owes me. Amrle, Rabba Berei, so it's either Rabba or it's Rava. They say, he said to his father, What are you doing? How you allowed to use this Evet? Amrle, no problem. Right? Evet is not worth the amount that I have to halakhically feed the Evet on a daily basis, doesn't even, doesn't, is so expensive, it's more than the benefit I get from him working. So the guy doesn't really care if I use my Evet. Anyways, I'm going to be feeding him. So he, I'm not taking anything, I'm not being nanya for the Baal bias. So what are you talking about? When he said that, maybe, going Daru Avde, he has a specific evidence. His name was Daru, the Merakid Bekuvi. He's always walking around. The, we had this expression before by someone who shaves his head. We said Merakid Bekuvi. He goes from store to store dancing like a, like a clown, trying to get drinks and stuff like that. So this evidence was, was a little bit of a you know, off color guy. Fine. So that type of evidence is not worth to be moxic. But normal Evid, of course, works, right? Otherwise, what's the whole idea of having an Evid if it doesn't pay? Obviously, most of them, it does pay. And if it does pay, how can you go ahead and take this guy's Evid and work with him? I'm like, no, I'm not going to have Daniel's really. I pass like I have Daniel. Number of Daniel by Rav Katina. I'm a Rav. We just said. It's Potter. I'm allowed to do this. It's Potter. And we had earlier on the Gemara Chafal, if those two Sfars we just said, 
of Beisam Isva Yosef and Nichol Elisto Avde might even mean that it's Lachatchila Mutter to do this because I'm actually giving the owner benefit. And therefore, that's why I'm allowed to take his Evid, even if he didn't let me, I'm allowed to take his Evid from him. And that, hold on, I know what you're getting to. The Gemara's going to ask it. Alma Nichol Elisto Avde. So the owner prefers the Evid not be lazy, and therefore I took the Evid when he wasn't working, and I'm working with the Evid. Amalei, so he said, you're, you're, yes, you're in Dinech HaShemishpat, but you're in the wrong simon in Shulchan Aruch. Amalei, hani melechad leimasik bezuzi. If you don't know him money, fine. Mitam, dine gzela, etc. Mazik, whatever, you can go ahead and work with the oven. Bamarach, even the masik bezuzi, michsik ribis. Turn to the simon of HaShemishpat on ribis. Now you have another problem. Because it's not like you're deducting anything from the amount that he owes you. You're going to expect to get paid the full amount. If you're getting paid the full amount and you're using his Eved, the Chayret, that's not real ribis, but it's Mixika ribis, right? Again, it's not real ribis because if you use the Eved, you wouldn't have to pay for it. It's not real ribis, but it definitely is Mixika ribis. Getting back to the previous halacha about living in someone's apartment. Even if you're living in someone's house, we said you don't have to pay because then everyone's like, and you're helping live in the house, etc. But although if you lend him money, then then you have a ribis issue. It looks like ribis, and if it looks like ribis, then you better pay for that house. There's no credit. You you can live in someone's house when you owe money as long as you pay for it. If it looks like you're getting something for free, even if you're not really, but it looks like you're getting something for free, it's an issue. So I'm had you be. Oh, okay, you're right. I didn't realize that a point, and therefore he was chayzer on it. Tosis says over here. It's a long taste of double chatzchavera. Tais says in the middle of it, and therefore he says, "Imken yoisumi dai yeshle di zar leloive shaloyase lemalva shum hano." You have to be really careful in the middle of Tais that not to do anything. Yeshleima Tais says, "Daf kamili beferhesia." Maybe it's something that's public. Vav shetuva kain lada bechatzer lifskav avdai vilahashal like Caleb. Just let's say if someone owes you money and you you want to borrow you, know, you want to borrow uh, you know a mixer, you want to borrow something from him, you want to borrow a book. That's not a big deal. It's something you would pay for anyways. Maybe then you don't have to worry about it. But Tysus, you can debate in halacha exactly which type of things are included in this problem. But you have to be very careful when you're dealing with, with a malvin aliva that does something that doesn't even look like ribbis. So something that you wouldn't, not, something that you might have borrowed anyways, maybe Tysus says, maybe that's okay. But something you would definitely not borrow now, you're just, oh, I'm friends with that guy because, you know, I lent him money. Let me go ask him for something that I need. Then you have to be very, very careful for, for dine ribbis. So, that's a that's a ribis issue. That's a whole separate issue. Okay. That, okay. Said we're not learning any ribis now. Mitzvah Shem will get there next for sechta. Okay. Right? Yes, it's called ribis. Yeah. Yes, yeah. but we're not learning dinner ribis now. We're just learning at it in terms of the halacha of zen You can't be semich on that in a situation where there's a halva on, on the running on parallel to it because it looks like ribis. Mitzvah Shem will get there. We'll go through all the regular dinner ribis. Itmar. Again, you took the, uh, someone's boat and before it was an Evid, now you're taking a boat and you work with it. Okay, so you're working with someone's boat. Samarav, Sarav says, that you have a choice. The owner of the boat can either charge him rent or he could charge him damage. Okay, whatever is more, right? Whatever is more, that's what we charge you. Just clarify. Normally, when someone rents something from you, Okay, you charge him rent, he pays the rent, and he does not pay any extraneous damage that's normally included in the amount of the rent that you pay. Who's to say wear and tear? 
Okay, yeah, for normal wear and tear. Obviously, normal wear and tear. I'm not talking about like extraneous damage, and you have a security deposit, and they keep your security deposit, and all that it works. But they're at normal wear and tear. You don't pay. That is included in the year. Over here, when you borrow the boats, it says, Rob, you have a choice. Either you can pay, he could charge him the rent. It's not up to the person who took it. It's up to the balabais. He could charge rent, or he could say you have to pay for the wear and tear, whichever is more. Why? Hold on, the more I'll explain. Shmuel, I'm an No, Shmuel says no charging rent. Wear and tear, you can pay, right? You don't have the svara that we had before of by a house that it's good to be lived in or an evidence good to work. By a boat, there's no such svara either way. And therefore, by a boat, wear and tear, you have to pay me for whatever you did. What's going on here? I'm a papalai pligi. It's a are we talking about a boat that's normally rented out? Or do I have a boat in the marina and you just go take it? It wasn't a boat that I normally rent out. What's the difference? Rashi says an interesting svar. Rashi says, look at Rashi, about halfway down the page. If I have a boat that I normally rent out, if you go ahead and take it, then we assume that you were taking it to pay me rent. Why would you be stealing something that I normally rent out? Yeah, you didn't call me and you just assumed you could take it. But assumption is you were taking it for rent. So that we just assume you didn't make a reservation, but you're renting my boat without asking me. Fine. But if it's something I don't normally rent out, so why are you taking it? Clearly you're taking it to steal. And if you're taking it to steal... Then I can't charge you rent. That was the whole aloha. That's the basis for everything we've been learning last half is when you take something to steal from me and you make a sort of king and Geneva on it, I cannot charge you any rent for it. There's a din of Asia with Zigzela. But there's no din of paying for the usage. And therefore, in this case, you won't pay for the usage. You'd have to pay any wear and tear. It seems to me this wear and tear is not going to be considered a shinui, right? Because if it was a shinui, the wear and tear, then you don't get back the boat. Right? Then the, the Gazan keeps the boat, he has to pay for the whole boat. So it's not considered a Shino, some of our should say, because the Lushan over here is not steal the boat, it's takeif. Takeif means that I'm taking it with the assumption I'm going to return it shortly. Right? I'm not planning on keeping it long term, I'm only using it for a short period of time. And the Takufa, yeah, something like that. And therefore, you don't have a King Xale over here in terms of Shino, Kainia, but I do have to pay for that wear and tear. That's the first shot in the Gemara. Technically? I don't know. I left the keys in the motor. Well, what's the problem? The you took it. It's a sailboat. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, you took it. says another interesting answer. It was a boat that I normally do rent out, right? A guy goes over to budget rent a car and he takes a car off the lot, right? Takes a car off the lot. Doesn't matter. Takes a car off the lot. What was the person's intention? Was he intending to steal or was he intending to rent? So if he was intending to steal, he's a Gazan. If he's a Gazan, he doesn't pay rental. So it actually pays in your head to think you're a Gazan, right? Because then you don't have to pay anything except pras. Whereas if you intend to steal, if you intend to rent it, I mean, then we say you pay the scan. Now, it's interesting, though. But that's not what Rav said. Rav said it's up to the Babai say the choice to charge rent or to charge pras, which means that Rav, according to Rav, even when he has intention only to rent it, I can decide that, no, you're a Gazan. It's up to the Balabayas to make that decision. The way Rashi frames, it's up to him to decide. And if it turns out the wear and tear is, in your case, for whatever reason, you made a party on the boat, and the wear and tear is more than the rental fees, then I can say, no, 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 I don't care what your intention is. I'm considering you a goslin, and I'm considering you a goslin, give me back the boat, plus any wear and tear, of course, because it's like a shinu that you have to pay, Kane Kisha Gazel. So we have a tr- debate over here, again, fitting into the same point, by a, by a, by a boat, like we talk about in heaven, like we talk about a house. Getting back to the mission. 
The Mishnah then talked about the next halachas when you steal a coin. The Mishnah said two halachas. The first halacha the Mishnah said was, Gazal madbea v'nisdak, the coin cracked, as we say. So then we say that's a Mishan Kishasik Zeli. You have to pay like the original coin. But if the coin became unusable, Pashib Shat, then you say, then you can give it back the way it is. What's going on here? Says the Gemara. Amar Avunam. Nistak, when it says Nistak, it means Nistak Mamish, a physical crack. Nifsal means Paslua Malchus, that it became totally unusable. Now, just because of the point over here, how uh, mon- the monetary system worked in those days. Right? Not like it works nowadays. In our days, a shekel is not necessarily worth a shekel worth of metal. Right? And a, and a, cor- a quarter in America is not necessarily worth 25 cents worth of metal. In the olden days, they don't work like that. Right? In the olden days, the coins were worth the value of the metal that they had in there based on weight. It was all weight-based. The only reason that you need to have a coin that has a picture of the king or whatever it is on it is to certify that the weight that's in it is the weight that you claim it is. Okay, so if I get just a little piece of metal I want to pay you with, so you have to start weighing it and deciding and how pure it is, and etc. But if I get one that has the picture of the king on it, that's an automatic certification that this coin, assumingly, unless, unless you're a counterfeiter, assumingly now is whatever, how much of silver, and it's pure silver, and blah, 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 blah. So now what happened over here? The king decides that this coin is no good anymore. Which means in the old days, what would they do? They have to gather up all the old coins, melt them down, and issue new coins with the new picture or the new size, whatever it happens to be. So says the Gemara, Rafuna says it when it says puzzle means that the king decided this coin is over, no more liras. Liras are out. Now we're moving only to shekel, and you have to get rid of all your lira. Okay, so in that case, says Rafuna, I stole a lira from you. While I was buying me, liras became totally unusable. I still can return to you a lira. I could still give it back to you. Review this is no. If it's totally not usable at all, that's no different than having an actual physical crack in it. It's not a usable coin. And if it's not a usable coin, then I cannot say we'll be mechaded the point in a second. According to you, what is nifsal that can still give it back to you and say that even though it's not usable here, our king said it's all good, but the other king in the next town said it's okay. And therefore, even though I can't use it here, but since I theoretically can go to the next town and use it there, it's at least somewhat usable. It's not totally useless. And therefore, you could say, But if it was totally used, unusable, I can't use it anywhere, then it's no different than Nistak. What's going on? That you say, if it's totally ruined, I could still say, Right, when the fruits rot, or the iron gets spoiled, is the fruits here? They're here. The yayin here? It's here. So the chipasto malchus tummy, but it's just not usable. So if a katani misham kishasakzela. Rotten fruits or spoiled wine, we said, in that case, you have to pay back the original value. A bad coin, you said, I could say, I wish If a bad coin, which is not physically changed, I could say, I wish So spoiled wine, I should also be able to say, I wish It's just a liquid in a barrel. It looks the same to me. So if it looks the same to me, it's no different than a spoiled coin, a raw coin that's not usable. At least over there, the flavor 
of the fruit is different. The flavor, the smell of the wine is different. There is some physical change. If there's some physical change, even though I can't see it with my eye, but I can smell it, that's considered a physical change, and I can't say it. Whereas by this coin, there's no physical change whatsoever. It's just you know a law that was passed in some parliament somewhere, and therefore that is not considered a physical change, and I can return it. But according to Behudu, this is the opposite. Then when the king says it's no good, it's totally no good. And that's like Nistak, and you have to give him back a proper coin. When the Truma becomes tummy, right? That's no different than Pasu Malchus. Nobody can do anything with the Truma that's tummy now. But you can't see it. Over there we said, you could get, you could say, too bad, the Truma is the Truma. It's physically exactly 100% the same. So why should a puzzle coin be any different? Lamai said the coin has not changed at all. Why is that considered a physical change? I'll tell you why. He said, by Truma that's tummy, there's no way anybody in the world can tell that this Truma is tummy, physically. Whereas over here by the coin, even though the coin looks the same, but it now looks different than all the other coins now in circulation. So even though the coin didn't change, but someone who looks at this coin could say, wait, this is a lira, we don't use this anymore. Whereas by Truma, you can't tell from the naked eye at all. So we now have two different spheres working in opposite direction. <laughs> On one hand, one man says it has to be a physical change, and if it's not physically changed, then it's just considered The other man says, no, it's minka or milsa even though it's not physically changed, but I can tell, because it looks different by contrast to all the other coins in circulation. And that would be enough to say that you cannot say, unless it's usable somewhere. If it's still usable somewhere, then already it would be the same. Itmar. Now this brings us to other halachas of money changing. We're talking about a case over here, Rashi says, where not where I lend you money. Right? Let's say I lend you uh, let's go back to the lira case and the shekel case. If I lend you, uh, that's not a good example. Okay, but let's say I lend you money. I lend you dollars, okay? And the dollar changes in value over the t- period of time when I'm supposed to pay you back, okay? So again, going back to the old days, not paper dollars, coin dollars, you know, silver dollars or gold dollars, whatever it is. So if I lend you $100, the assumption is you're going to pay me back $100. It could be the coin went up in value, down in value, it doesn't matter. You owe me $100, you're going to be back $100. We'll see the case in a second. Or let's say the coin became worth totally worthless. doesn't matter. I lent you 100 of these coins, you give me back 100 of these coins. They're worth for more, they're worth less, doesn't matter. But what about a case where I lend you uh, wheat? I say, okay, I like to, I'm not selling you the wheat, I'm lending you the wheat, but I say when I lend you the wheat that the wheat is worth 100 coins. Worth 100 coins. So at the end of the day, obviously, you're probably not going to pay me back wheat. You're probably going to pay me back coins. Okay. So since in that case, I mentioned specifically that you have to give me a coin. Okay. That l'chayra says the Gemara means I have to give you back a proper usable coin. And if that particular coin became no good in the interim, then you have to give me an equivalent coin that is good. Whereas when I lend you money... Then the assumption is, it's just like, a, you know, I lend you this, I get it back. So if it's not usable, that's my problem, not your problem. Again, as Tyson expresses out, expresses, if I say when I lend you the money, I'm giving you this money, and I expect to get back 100 coins, which I didn't need to say, but I did say, then the assumption is that it's the same halacha as lending wheat. It makes no difference. So let's see. You can't just give him bad coins. Even though that's what we said, you have to give him proper coins. You have to give him coins that work now. The fact that they used to work old, old coins are no good. You have to give him proper coins. Shmuel Amar, no. 
No, I can give you back the old coins. And even though you can't use the old coins here, but since they're good in the next town, that's good enough, and therefore they still qualify as useful coins. Same Allah as we just said. Shmuel says in this case also, it doesn't make a difference what happens here. It makes a difference that they're usable somewhere. If they're not usable anywhere, then Shmuel would agree. You have to give them the proper new coins. But as long as they're useful somewhere, Shmuel says that's good enough. Amar of Nachman. But if Nachman qualifies, if you can travel, if you can get a passport to travel to the next town where they can use those coins, then I understand Shmuel's point that these coins are somewhat usable. If you cannot travel to that country where they use those coins, we're at war with that country. And if we're at war with that country, right, let's say, you know, you go into Gaza now and you find Shekel. Okay? Is Shekel worth anything in Gaza right now? Well, they can't. Well, it's worth there somewhat. Okay, but they can't come here to use that money. So maybe it's not considered money. It's not considered no, Maybe that's, they use it as their own currency. Fine, that's a separate issue. But in general, if they're borrowing our currency standards, and they can't, in the olden days where it had to be certified, and now they can't get here to use it, it's worthless. Ace Rabbi of Nachman, that's an interesting question. This is very, very no gear. The Allah is a pigeon when you're paid the Meiser Shani. Because the Pasuk says, You have to be paid it onto money. So over there, it's very important to understand what is halakhically money. You're not allowed to be paid the Meiser Shani just onto a block of silver. It has to be Vetzarta. It has to be on money that is usable. So what is considered usable? It's the same type of question. You cannot be Michal onto money that doesn't work anymore. Kate said, that does not work. Kate said, if you had money from Ben Sir, Rashi says, from, from not Ben Sir, from Ben Kuzbia, from Bar Koichva. Right? They find these coins all over the place nowadays, these old Bar Koichva coins. That, that, those are coins that were very, very useful for three years. And once Barkechva got killed and the Romans took over and destroyed everything, all those coins became totally useless. You could not use those coins anymore as legal tender. They'd have to melt it down and made into whatever, the Hadriatic coins, or the Roman coins, whatever it is. So if you had those old coins, right, try to go into a store nowadays, right, to Dilvazol and pay with what, yeah, it's worth a lot of money. But they're not going to take it as currency. It might be worth a lot of money, but they're not going to take it as currency. Some old king, whatever it is. So you can't use that for pigeon mice or shiny. Now, it's only because these are totally old coins that are totally not used anymore. Mashma says the Gemara. If it was old coins that are not used here, but are used somewhere else, Mashma, those are okay. The only issue with these old coins that we discussed in the Prisa is because they're not usable at all. But if they are somewhat usable in a different town, then be mashma, you could be mechal them, even though you can't get there, even though it's far, far away. Now, according to what Rav Nachman explained in Shmuel, this is only when you when you can yesh derech lemishan if you can get there. Not, but here the price doesn't qualify if you could get there or not get there. I'm like, no. How come asking? Gushen Malchus Makpida Zolzu. And Echlam, we're talking about a time where there is open travel between the countries. And if there's open travel between the countries, right, this happened in the olden days, for those who remember in Europe, right, where every country had their own coins before the euro. So always on the border towns or, you know, certain places, you could use coins from one country into a different country. And then, you know, they, they may, it makes its way back to whatever it has to be. And that's why they switched to the euro, so they won't have this issue. But in the old days, this was a problem. You had, you had whatever you had in France, to, uh, France and then you went to Spain, then from Spain you went to Germany, whatever it is, and you, were, you had pockets full of change that you didn't know what to do with. So, but if it's in Makpid, if it's Makpid Zualzu, then the coins in Spain are worth useless when you go to Amsterdam. They don't make anything. But if you are in a Makpid Zualzu, so then you could take the coins. 
Says the Gemara, what? So, so what's Shmuel talking about? Shmuel said you have to be able to get there. But wait a second. You're telling me now that if you can get there, then if your travel is available, even if you're not going, travel is available, that's good enough. So what was Shmuel talking about when Shmuel said his halacha? Where you might be going there, but they're makbid. Makbid means you might be able to go visit the next town, but they don't let you bring the money. So then, what if so? What does it help to go to the next town if you can't bring the money with you? They check you at the border. No money goes in, no money goes out. So what does it help? Well, how can Shmuel say this coin is useful if you can't bring it to the next town to, to, be, to spend it? Because so, you have a smuggler. You have smugglers that could take you with you. Right? This is, this is the origination of the term, which we call don't ask, don't tell. Right? You're not allowed to bring these coins in, but no one really checks you at the border. So therefore, Shrav says, well, then give me a break. That's not really considered a coin. The fact that you have to use it somewhere else and you have to sneak it in, that's not considered valid tender at all. Shmuel says, no. Since I'm allowed to travel to the other city, and I can hide it in my uh, suitcase somewhere, and no one will find it, and once I get it there, I can use it, therefore it's considered legal tender. But if you can't bring it at all, then you, of course Shmuel would agree it's not legal tender. If, you, if they stop you at the border, it doesn't work. Tashma, like we have in the next next price. So when you mechal maishashani, I don't care where the food is. Like the food doesn't have to be next to you. There's no din that it has to be samach to you like we have by, uh, like we have by trumor or maishashani. By maishashani, the food can be in your house and you can be paid, but you have to have the coin available. Okay, so what's that look like this? Ein mechal kan So if you have Yerushalmi money in bavel, it doesn't work. You can't spend Yerushalmi money in bavel. So this is an interesting question, which is, when you go to be part of Meister Shani in Bavel, and you want to take that money and then go to Yerushalayim, what money should you be using? Right? To use Yerushalmi money, it's not good in Bavel. To use Bavel money, that's not good in Yerushalayim. So what do you use? I mean, we need to have like a euro between Bavel and Yerushalayim. But they don't have that. So what do you do? So, Ein Mechal HaMoshel Khan Vehem Bavel. Vishal Bavel Vehem Khan. Right? So you can't use either one. So what do you do? Says the Gemara, shall now shall bavel vehem bavel mechalin. Right, you could be chalin out the bavel money, and then you have to get a money changer somewhere along the way to to, to switch it up. Now, Katani Mias says in the Bryce, as we just said, ain mechalin al moshal kan vehem bavel. Afagavel say for the basic awesome. Now wait a second, why can't you be pointed here on Yushalmi money in bavel? Because you're taking the Yushalmi money and going to bavel. Going to Rav, we understand. Rav said. You're going to Yerushalayim. Going to Rav. Rav said the money has to work here. Fine. But according to Shmuel, as long as you have derech lemishon, as long as you're going to be able to get there and use the money, it's considered currency. So you're also from the Bavel, and I'm changing it onto Yerushalayim money, and I'm on the way to Yerushalayim because that's the whole point of my being pigeon my sashani. So then why can't you use it? It's a kash on Shmuel. No, and I'm talking about a case where you can't take it there, and if you can't take it there, then of course Shmuel agrees it's not good money. But in the it works. So then, what does it help to transfer out the bavel money if you can't get if you can't take it to Yerushalayim? Then it's not going to be nothing. Like we said, you're not going to be able to use it that money in Yerushalayim. You'll be able to take it to Yerushalayim. You tra- you put it on the bavel money, which is at least usable here. You then transfer it from the money to an animal or something like that, and then you take that to Yerushalayim, and that will be okay. So. They used to do it. In the times of time I'm rhyme, they did. Yeah. Says the Gemara Vatanya Tskinushia, or you had Maisha Shani from Yusha from Yisrael, but Mustam was in Babel. Vatanya Tskinushia, Mars Yotzis, Bishlam of Nekach. There was a halacha that said that, there was, that, that you, in Yerushalayim, where everybody from the whole world came, you could take, you, they made a takana. 
that every store must take every currency. And you can do that. You go to the tourist parts of Yerushalayim today, you can pay with dollars. A lot of places, they charge you an arm and a leg in terms of the currency, but you can pay with dollars. So if that's the case, what's the whole shail over here? It's, it's usable. Who's in charge? Who's in charge of the laws in Yerushalayim? If we're in charge of the laws of Yerushalayim, then we make a law that you have to take any money, and then you, and that solves the problem. You can be paid in Bavel on, on whatever you want, because it's all usable in Yerushalayim, and we work it out later. But when the Gaim are in charge, unfortunately, and they decide which coins are good in Yerushalayim, they're not going to necessarily allow you to take Bavel coins, and then you're going to have this issue. So we have a everybody agrees. It's just everybody agrees. If the coins are not usable at all, then they're not usable at all. That's not debatable. Question is, if they're not usable here, but you could theoretically get them to somewhere else, even if you have to sneak them, then Shmuel says it is considered a coin. But if you can't, and they check you, etc., then you're not going to be able to use it at all because it's not considered a coin. You put it onto the local currency, and then you bring that as a. You can't bring the currency. You bring an animal, etc. Tanarbaran. What was generally, typically speaking, about the coins they made in Yerushalayim? David v'shlamir mitzad echad, v'shlamir akadish mitzad acher. So we have David v'shlamir. Taisus discusses, does that mean a picture of David v'shlamir? Or you're not allowed to have pictures. You're not allowed to have pictures. It's David v'shlamir. And therefore, Taisus says it means the words. It had the words of v'shlamir. We see all the coins have pictures. I don't know, pictures of people. We don't see Jewish coins and pictures of people. But the coins we have, Jewish coins, have pictures of like a lulav, or a picture of a menorah, or something like that. What? Wheat, good, okay, and then the, and then the Hadriatic coins, the Roman coins, all have pictures of people. The Jewish coins, generally speaking, don't have pictures of people. There was something called Again, the pictures of them, but these words or names to indicate them. There seems to be different denominations. Let's start the next figure. Oh, so now let's combine the last two sugyas. The sugya of Manalf we talked about we talked about Mexican ribbons. Sugya of Mabes we talked about if you lent about money and the money became possible, what kind of coins do you use? What about the opposite? What about if you lent them a hundred sella and then you go back with the new sella and the new sella is actually worth more than the old sella? They changed the coinage. In those days, changing the coinage means you actually made a bigger coin or purer silver, whatever it is. Okay, so now it's worth more. So can you pay it back? Right? This is a ribbis question on anything else. So, yeah, you pay with the new coins. Even if you get it's certain sizes, even if you got that big, yes. But now you can buy more. With the old coin, I could buy one kilo of apples. With the new coin, I could buy a kilo and a half. So it's worth more in terms of its buying power. So how are you going to do this? It's ribbis. Amaravashi Chazina. No, so he says this is a general question we'll have when we get to Bamatsia. When prices of fruit change, there can be two reasons the price changes. Chazina. If the price of the fruit changed because the coin became worth more than an Echami, you have a ribbus question. Because the coin itself is worth more. But if the reason the fruit prices change is not because the coin is worth more, it's just the price of fruit went down. The price of fruit went down. There's a better crop this year, a lot more crops this year, and therefore the, they drove the price down. Therefore, for a seller, you used to be able to get a kilo. Now, for a seller, you can get a kilo and a half. But lots dafka because the coin is worth more, just because fruits went down. That's always a, you know an, an economical question you have to look at: is when prices change, is it the dollar got stronger or is that bread is cheaper? Okay, so you have to figure that out. If it's because the dollar got stronger, and it cannot be a ribbis question. But if not, then it's not a ribbis question. 
That's all good in terms of its buying power. You could discuss what caused the buying power to change. Velamaisa is more silver in the coin, either more pure silver or more weight. So you're physically getting more than you gave than you lent. So how could you do that? That itself is ribbis. Ella says the more you're right. Kihadar of Papa Ravuna Bred Yeshua, Avdi Uvda, they had a case like this Mamash Apa where they changed the coins. Bezuzi de Argadimus, they went to this Argadimus Rashi as he was a Goyish money changer, and he had Taya, he was an Arab, and he had some of the old coins and some of the new coins. And therefore he could compare and contrast the weight of them. And Adyud Betamya, if the old coins, ten of them, are now the weight of eight of the new coins, so the coins went up approximately 20%, whatever, but they went up around 20%. Up to that, you can give the new coins. We're not worried about ribas. Above that, then we are worried about ribas. Tomorrow does not explain the svara. So Mufashim say one of two svaras. The rush says the svara is because Lamaisa to take these coins and melt them down into the pure silver costs money. And if it costs money, it's going to cost you about 20% of the value of the coin. You're not really gaining anything, the fact that you got a little bit extra silver. That's one shot. The other shot, Mufashim say, is that there w- those coins that they were based on weight were never, ever exact. Right? There wasn't like nowadays where you can measure it down to the, you know, the milligram or whatever it is. It was never exact. There was always a 20% give in either direction, more or less. And therefore, if, as long as the new coin is within 20% of the old coin, eh, we assume it's, again, it's, it's a wash one or the other. This is not real ribbons. You didn't lend it with the assumption it was going to happen, and therefore we're making it. But if it's more than 20%, which is more than the, 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 more than the normal error that you would have by a regular coin, then we talk, you have to worry about ribbons, and then you'd have to give him back less coins from the new coins to equal up to, and you, then you would now do 20%. But then you have to go back to the original amount, right? It's not that you can just go back within 20%. Once it's over 20%, you have to give him back to the original amount. Okay, okay.